I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of purepleasureshop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. Oh, my God. April, our landlord's outside. Are we going to get in trouble? She can see us. No. Oh, my God. At least she's clothed. <laughs> Wait, no, that's sad. I want her to be without the Actually, clothes. no, it's too cold for her to be unclothed. I don't think she even, does she listen to every one of our episodes? No. Nope. Oh. Sometimes, well, though. I would say something really nice to you, but. Nasty? I, I'll just say it. No, nice. Oh, I thought like, you were to say I something I love you so much. You're the best landlord ever. I love her. She is I love her best. so much. I really do. But I love when she comes out unclothed. I said, at least she's clothed but right now. I love. Because it's just, too cold for her to be unclothed. She comes into the studio and just entertains us left and right. She's the best. Anyways. Oh, she's uh, the one that did the candy cane. Uh, <gasps> Yes, the, our director. How do you? It was the candy cane lifts. The, the workout. Candy. Yes, the workout. Yeah, and one, and, and two, two, and lift. If you and ever, oh. if you aren't following us on Instagram or TikTok, check us out because we have some funny videos, and we're about to do some more. Yeah, with some new songs that just came out. Yeah, and we'll also, you know, I'm going to just jump to this point because this is a little bit later, but we have an Amazon wish list now, everyone, and we have had some lovely, lovely humans that have sent us new gear through our Amazon wish list so that we can improve everything. We're actually using one of the boxes right now for the audio quality. We have the new lighting up, but we're not filming this right now. We're just testing it. We love it. We, the lighting is awesome yes. we just set it up today Amy yes. and that I just want to th- the shout out is a thank you to Matt yes we'll Matt thank last you name. Amy thank saw you, me Matt. puttering around setting it up she's like this is your job <laughs> yeah. I was like she's I love doing lighting yeah. so I was positioning it it's awesome I cannot wait until we put out content with also our new mics that we can wear for More nipples for, uh, yeah. well yes probably so thank you to everyone that's been supporting us yeah. we I, I mean I feel so I, I feel blessed yeah man. Oh, no crying right now. Uh, I love tears. I love I mean, emotions. Gratitude. But we have a an intro to record. Chip. Okay. Yeah, gratitude. Okay. So anyways, if you want to go and give us some gear and make April cry behind the scenes, <laughs> you can go in the show notes. You'll see our Amazon wish list link. Please go there. Um, and there's a, just a quick trigger warning for this episode. So this is an episode uh, that is. So it's Remy Paye, nurse practitioner. It's her third time on her show. Dr. Castillo. She's in our book as well. Yes, yeah, she's in our mm-hmm. book uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Castillo's second time on her show. It's in person, by yes. the way, because they're um, in California and about 45 minutes away from us. So, so they came to our studio. Yes, we all hung out. And this so this episode was inspired by we won't say names or or give details, but someone that we met that has experienced genital mutilation and. So I'm doing a trigger warning right now. We are doing a trigger warning because we might be talking about some things that could be heavy for you or for someone that you know. So we want you to know that we are. It's not just about genital mutilation because genitals often or sometimes need reconstruction for all kinds of reasons. And it could even be cancer. It could be outside of non-consensual acts of sexual violence 
experience or trauma. It could be from giving birth. You know, there's so many different reasons why pelvic floors and genitals change and shift aging as well. And so this episode covers all these topics and genital mutilation is a part of that. So just take some breaths. If you're feeling some things, maybe some deep inhales through your nose into your lower belly. And I do want to say we want to honor all the folks out there that have experienced or will because there are about 150,000 or more plus new cases of genital mutilation that's reported every year. And I just learned that in my sex ed certification training and shared that with Amy. And then we were approached by someone that had experienced this at nine years old. And for all of you out there, if there's anyone listening that uh, has experienced that, hopefully this episode will help you as well. So the trigger warning is there. And also this is meant to give more tips and and solutions and yeah. Options and also clarity. Like it's important to talk about these things and and, uh, be aware that like, hmm, yeah, there's there's a lot of experiences that people are going through that are really challenging. We don't all just be like, how do I have a better sex life? Let me read the fun book about like all the sexy things I can do because sometimes that's really not available and there's other work that can be done before that. I just realized this episode is coming out on my birthday too. So that's next Tuesday is my birthday. And and I'm going to say I'm happy to have what could be seemingly like a really heavy episode on my birthday because, you know, I'm... I I like conversations around hard stuff. I think to me, it makes humans more real when I talk to them and they share things that are are generally really shameful or scary to talk about. We're like, oh, well, most people don't want to hear about this. And I know that this episode is not about my birthday. So I'm just feeling honored that it's coming out on my birthday. Oh, nice, Amy. I can't wait to be with you on your birthday. Vegas. Not by choice, everyone. We I was not like, I want to go to Vegas for my birthday. No, if that's your jam, that's cool. But we're going to the Korean spa in Vegas for my birthday yes, because we need to chill out. Wait. Anyways, okay, so I have another um, uh, this little like call to action for y'all. So calling all women, yes, you, yes, you, yes, and you, who want to tap into their ultimate pleasure power and feel connected to their sexiest selves and gain a community of other amazing, open-minded women. Is that you? Hmm, that's perfect. me. I, I love oh, this. Oh, that's you. Yes, please. That's me too. And also, can you relate to this? Are you ever feeling like unmotivated, unsexy? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's a sexy tigress inside of you or some kind of like hot ass bitch or hot ass human. And you're not sure how to find them, her, whomever this person is. Or like you need more shameless humans in your life, more community. Absolutely. I know I've been feeling super depressed lately. I'm not going to lie. And I do my best to buck up because I love recording and I love being with you. But I cannot wait because we're having another shameless sex retreat. And I'm not lying. It's so it lifted my soul up the last time that we did it in November. It's in April in Tulum, everyone. April 2024. I'm April. It's in April. (laughs) So come and hang out with us. It's the 24th to the 29th. I have to tell you, it has been one of the most beautiful vacations I've ever had. And we basically had all of these amazing women come in Costa Rica, but this one's in Tulum. People Mm -hmm. said it's the best vacation of their lives. I feel like it was one of the best vacations of my life. You don't have to do any planning. There's just a little bit. You buy your plane tickets and we pretty much take care of the rest for you. Mm -hmm. And it's luxury. You'll feel pampered and you'll also leave feeling sexy, connected, and absolutely alive again. And Amy and I did. Mm-hmm. And all the folks there, even Paige, who is Paige-y. on the back end, and we love her. She felt, and she's coming again. She felt yes. so alive and rejuvenated. So again, if you want to play, but relax, have new experiences, make new BFFs, make community, mm-hmm. help 
yourself to feel like you're your best self again. I need that. Okay. It's not about me though. It's about all of you listening right now. And I cannot wait to meet you, whoever you are. There's spots left. So <sighs> become part of our growing shameless sex family and part of our revolution. Go to shamelesssex.com and look at the retreat section. Click on it. And you'll get all the info you need. Okay. Mm-hmm. Spots are filling up. Sign up ASAP because you know you want to leave glowing. And we have one scholarship spot available. I won't say too much about that. Just go to shamelesssex.com and all the info is there. It is at a heavily discounted rate of, I believe, 40% off. So for someone who is having financial hardship. So go check that out. And okay, ready for sex question. I feel like I, I need to Venmo everyone money for being my therapist when I was like, I'm feeling depressed. Aww. I need a vacation. Well, that was one of the beautiful things there too was, you know, like we were the facilitators and then we have our you know our, our other guest educators there so it's a whole team but it wasn't like we're above you you know like no. we're we're so we're like leading it right so you can feel safe and i was like up until like 4 a.m every yeah, night hanging out i was like damn it amy but also there was moments where like you know we're just with you right like so whether i'm talking about something that's really personal to me that i don't talk about on the air but i'm telling you about that and then you're sharing things with me that i'm not going to talk about there either because that's your personal stuff and then we all become just like it's community is sisterhood it's support yeah it's, it's a whole wonderful thing yeah. and i think I we all like we talk about it we over we not even over over, I feel like we've under uh, like appreciated it with our words about the new retreat because yeah. it was so badass. So yeah. let's not even oversell it. We don't have to because it's it's awesome. So you will not regret it. Oh, I'm going to have a blast. And yeah, <laughs> there are options for payment because we know money can yeah. be tight. So you can space out your payments. So check that out too. Okay. Sex question. Okay. Wow. We sounded like twins ah, right there. Because we are. Oh, but yeah. Like different mothers and fathers. Okay. <laughs> I've been on a mission to discover my G-spot, and I think I figured out where it is in my body, but there's a huge barrier in the way, and that is my fingers, hand, and wrist get super sore during the process. I've heard you talk about G-spot toys, and it sounds like that might make things easier or more comfortable for my hand, question mark, but I don't know which ones I should try. Any suggestions? Well, I can't believe I've never been able to access my own G-spot with my hand. The angle Have is, you tried? Yes. It's way too hard You've for me. you got to have small hands. I, like, I have, have a small pussy, though. I do. Or it, a vaginal well, canal. I, I cannot. It will... Not I that I've tried it. To. I just know she said that. <laughs> no, I, I love this question, but I'm like, damn, because I would probably get like a like a back crick. Yeah, you're like, I'm crick. stuck. Yeah. Help. Like, oh, God, I need help. But this is a cool question. I like this. I remember the days of so Pure Pleasure now is just online as if you listen regularly, you know that. But when we had the brick and mortar and you when you worked there for a year as our, you know, you ran ran the show there. And um, so we remember we were taught about ergonomic toys, the ones that were like, they, if you have limited hand, and then this person might not even have limited hand mobility. It just might be like what you're talking about. Like your hands are fine. It just might be a lot to like maneuver a thing into your body deep inside of your body. Think about when you're trying to angle, like even like reaching because that area where yeah. the G area, because it's not even a G spot, y'all, because yeah, it could be one. an area. It's so difficult to even think about right now trying to access it from like my arm, unless I'm a contortionist, I I can't reach it. So I can't. So for me, I have been able to, it's like a hit or miss thing for me, but I've been able to access it. First of all, for me, just this is not what this person's asking, but I have to get myself fully aroused externally, meaning like have a couple orgasms through clitoral stimulation before my G spots even like, hey, what's up? You know, and, and so I do that and then I can't access it with my fingers, but I've had that same thing. Like 
like everything in this hand, I'm using my right hand, by the way, because I'm right handed, but it is is tired and kind of like kind of crunchy. And so using toys. So what I've I've done, I used to think, remember, I used to say I don't really like non um, human things inside my pussy. Mm -hmm. Ass is a different story. But what I've done in the past when I was like, okay, you know what? I'm like in a masturbation session where I, I got off with, through clitoral stimulation and I'm like, I'm feeling like I want some sort of G-spot stimulation, but it's just me there with myself. So I whipped out the curve, they with a K, the curve from Hot Octopus. Ooh, yeah. And it was interesting because I'm not ambidextrous. So I'm using my left hand, not my dominant hand, maneuvering the curve, which is kind of just doing like a come hither motion on my G-spot. And then I could still use my right hand, my dominant hand on my clit, or I even have another toy, a vibrator on my clit. And uh, it was it was fucking awesome. But I couldn't have done it without this toy. I couldn't have got to the spot. My my hands would have been, and I with a left hand, like my left hand I can barely do anything with this thing. So the curve to me by Hot Octopus is one of the best G-Spot toys that I have used. I've used a lot of other great ones, but I feel like the technology that Hot Octopus has, and I know that April's a part of the Hot Octopus company, but I'm going to speak for it. I like yeah. that. I like the shape and size of it. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's also not too curved. It's not too curved. It has the spongy head, but it's not too bendy. It's like, it's just right. Goldilocks would love it. And then also has two different vibrating modes. I actually didn't ever turn the one that goes on in your G-Spot when I used it. Mm. I left oh, that one. the treble one? The okay. treble, yeah. The one that, because my G-Spot doesn't feel like it wants a it vibrator. It has two motors, everyone. Yeah, it has two motors. So, but like my G-Spot was like telling me like, I don't want a vibrator. I just want you to massage me with this thing, like come hither motion. But I put the base one on that goes around like the vaginal opening. And then I used my fingers or a vibrator because it happened multiple times just on my clit. Fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, I don't even, so I give toys to my close friends to try from Hot Octopus because I need feedback because I'm only one body. And so we've talked about this before and I love this feedback. And then another one of our friends who never liked internal sex toys ever. Remember? She yeah. said how many yeah. times and it's her favorite and she has a lot of other sex toys. And I've also given it to close friends and family members of mine. I won't say who. I but think it's family that, now. And yeah, and that <laughs> that love it too. And they're like, April, this toy is so cool. And I'm like, you don't have, I'm like, give me honest feedback because if you don't like it, that's okay. I'm not going to be offended because not every toy can work for every single person. I don't like internal stimulation. The curve for me- from, from, At all? From vibration. Oh, vib yeah, vibrators, yeah. Meaning if I use a sex toy, yeah. I-, I like I, like yeah, I was the same as you for yeah. sure. And it, so it, for me, it was like I needed the combo of them. Otherwise, by itself, I would just been like, you know, like I need to get my clit online or my clit needs to actually, yeah, the whole part of like get it online before, but then also during too. It's yeah. not just like a solo. I just thing. can't. Like if I was solo playing um, and use the curve, I'd be. Meh. Will, for it you, would you help. would whip out the magic wand but and put that on your clit at the same time. And I right. bet you would blast off to another fucking so planet. <laughs> my partner, though, will do anal play and he'll use the curve inside of me vaginally. And it's like instant fucking orgasm. Yeah. It hits your. So the way the clitoris is designed uh, and everybody's anatomy is different, but it's like a wishbone. And we've talked about this before the anatomy. It's you can only see. A portion of it externally on the vulva, the a tiny majority portion. of barely it any of it <laughs> inside the vaginal canal, and so you actually get this it's clitoral like wrapped around it exactly. Yeah. So you get this clitoral stimulation from toys that are um, designed with this a uh, little bit of curvature and yeah, yeah. So I don't want to pop off on the curve 
so well, much I would, because there's other toys too in case the curb there's, maybe doesn't fit your body, but I would totally. recommend it to I, almost anyone. I would, yeah, try the curve. I mean, a couple other recommendations that I have would be, and this is a, a combo vibrator by a different company. It's Fun Factory, which we talk about a lot and we've loved forever as well. And it's called the Miss B. So B is B-I, like Miss Bi, Miss B. Uh, and I this one- first threesome with that one. <laughs> Wait, wait. So was like the, the toy the fourth party or yeah, the toy. Was the okay, party. the fourth. Party. <laughs> it was awesome. a long time ago. <laughs> so it was a foursome. I'll never forget it though. It was a foursome with Miss B. I left it there for them. Oh, sweet, a little memory. So it has this part that goes inside, but then I like the shape and size of that too. Again, not too much. Different kind of shape than the curve, but still wonderful. And then has also a clitoral vibrator, and it also I believe is two motors. One's on the clit, clit part, and one's on the the part that goes inside. It of has you. almost like a, be- a beaver tap. Uh, like a beaver tail, tail? flap yeah. that yeah, like yeah. the external stimulator reminds me of a beaver tail, but it's really, it's nice and it's flexible. I think to this day, it's my mom's favorite combo it vibrator. Is. She's told still. me. And she yes. likes her vibrators. Mom, we love you. <laughs> Speaking of mom, uh, <laughs> and, and this month actually, cause mom, you know, lovely mom and I, we still co-own purepleasureshop.com online. We are offering mom, thank you, 20% off of the category called shameless sex Favs, as April will say, I know it's supposed to be faves, but it's favs, and I'm I not going to change it. That one, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm keeping it. Everyone does the favs. fucking keeping it. So shameless sex favs. If you go to the top of the purepleasureshop.com website, you look up there as like toys, blah, blah blah. Then you see shameless sex faves favs. Go click that. If you use coupon code shameless love twenty four, you get twenty percent off any of the products in that category. Again, we'll put it in the show notes as well. And normally it's only 15% off. Yeah, you get special deal. And how long will that last? The month of March 2024. Okay, you already said that. See, I ADHD'd well, I guess the, out. Oh, oh, it's a leap year. So this episode's oh. coming out my birthday. Happy yeah. birthday to me. That's and then, on the 27th, everyone. Hey, February. send me some presents. And then also, so you have two more days. So yeah, it'll start from the day you hear this through March. Okay, cool. Shameless love 24. And then you can also access that in our show notes if you forget yes. like me I would be like what was that I don't know can I reverse uh uh should I rewind squirrel anyway, squirrel <laughs> so <laughs> here here it is here let's do a bio now yeah. so we can talk about how amazing Dr. Castillo and Remy Paye are I love them I do too Dr. Castillo is a female pelvic medicine specialist and the founder of Swan Medical Intimate Wellness in Los Gatos, California. He is dedicated to improving quality of life conditions that affect millions of women, is actively involved in clinical research and on several advisory boards to help shape new emerging therapies and advanced treatment protocols for sexual health and pleasure. And Remy Paye is an adult gerontology nurse practitioner who works alongside Dr. Castillo at Swan Medical. Remy has years of experience working as a primary care provider with a deep passion for functional medicine, as well as pelvic health and intimate wellness. To learn more, visit swanmd.com. All right, everyone, it is interview time, and we are here with repeat guests. Well, Remy is your third show. So Dr. Castillo from, I always want to say Swan Medical, but is 
we can say Swan Medical. Mm-hmm. Every time I look up Swan Medical, it's like intimacy wellness, right? That's right. So Swan Medical, intimacy wellness of Los Gatos, Dr. Castillo, amazing, amazing human, uh, and Remy Paye, nurse practitioner, and she's been on our show. It's her third time. Hey, she's you're famous. Our, she's also in, she's her, in book. our book. Yeah. Quite oh, quoted uh, a lot. I think Dr. Castillo's in her book with his um, him endorsing her book too, right? I think uh, so. Yes, he did. He wrote us a testimonial. Yeah, testimonial. <laughs> We're in your office every yeah. three months at least. Yeah. And we thank you for all the work that you've that. done in our bodies. Yeah. For we, our bodies. We're, yeah, we do our um, hormone panels to check on our hormones. Um, if you are 35 and up, I don't know, maybe you'll have something else to say about the age range, but I would recommend getting your hormones checked. And I started doing that personally to have a baseline for where am I at now? Now I'm turning 39 soon. And you know, what's going to happen when I'm 40, when I'm 45, when I'm 50, so I can look at how the shifts have happened and what is available for me to manage that. And I think Remy over here, I'm going to make her turn all red and virus. I was a big part of inspiring that journey of like, let's get a baseline and stay in tune with that. Today, we are here to talk about... so. Can I just give a little trigger warning? Some heavy topics. Uh, and some might not be so heavy because, you know, shame sex, we can like laugh about things and make lightness about various topics. But we are going to talk about things like genital mutilation, female circumcision, cancer patients who have needed reconstructive surgery or intervention, or the various variations, hmm, that didn't make sense, but of folks who need some sort of pelvic floor intervention that might even involve surgery. And Dr. Castillo is very familiar with this. And so I, I want, just want to interject with your monologue and thank you. Thank that you was a great like an intro. Monologue. And it, the thing is, this came out of total necessity because mm-hmm. we've worked in this field training people and Amy and I were in Salt Lake City and someone that had been a survivor who had been, I will call them a victim of the general mutilation, had asked me about what she could do to find pleasure and if sex toys, what sex toys she could use or uh, what sort of different avenues she could explore. And I didn't know. And then meeting her a second time, I still didn't know. And so talking to Dr. Castillo about it and Remy, you do have some options. And then we can also take it to what you were talking about with folks that have had different sort of cancer treatments or I guess even removal. Like there's so many variations of this and hopefully it's not a one size fits all approach. Like shameless sex is never a one size fits all approach, but hopefully people out there can listen and find some sort of solitude and also just honoring you to know that your pleasure is important mm-hmm. and that you can find different ways to explore your own body and pleasure. And before we go into our many, many questions, I know we have so many. And even though y'all have been on our show before, can you still tell our listeners how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality? Oh, Remy's first. Oh, oh. <laughs> you're three times. You have to go first. Okay. So, um, I've been an RN since 2011, working with acute care in hospitals, and then I've been a nurse practitioner since 2017, mostly in primary care, where things come up when you're caring for the whole body, mind, spirit of people. That's where I met you, Amy. Yes, and, I came um, in for a wart on my foot. 
Yeah, you would throw a wart on your foot. I was um, like, hello, new lady. Mm-hmm. I have a wart on my foot. Hair. <laughs> Let's chat. Let's see what else is going on. I also took care of um, a lot of college students here in Santa Cruz at, at UC Santa Cruz. And so sexual health and STI stuff is a, is a big topic. So and also pleasure and consent. So those topics piqued my interest. And that's where I kind of dove in to get some more expertise. And then in 2022, I found Dr. Castillo. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, there's somebody who is actually practicing this kind of medicine in intimate wellness and all the different aspects of it. It really tied in with my interest and desire in functional medicine, looking at the root cause and looking at the whole mind body and looking at things like hormonal health. And so it's been a great pairing since I joined Mm -hmm. Dr. Castillo in June of 2022. I support this yeah. pairing. So does April. <laughs> yes, we've been we endorse regular this message. Uh, patrons of your establishment. Yes. Dr. Castillo, what about you? I agree. This was a perfect pairing. And and, and that was uh, that was a great uh, journey to find um, find your way into this field. Kind of in my in my life, I had originally wanted looking for surgical subspecialties uh, and Somehow I found myself in OBGYN because I realized that there's so much education in for women that is needed. Just for an example, just from an obstetric perspective, many times patients become pregnant because they're looking for starting their family, but they don't know what that means. They don't know what goes on, the changes that goes through their bodies and how that affects their future or even just that nine-month period and what to expect. It's always this, well, I guess we'll find that out next next month. Mm-hmm. So. I found that my desire to teach kind of fit that niche. So helping women understand what's going on through their bodies and throughout different, I guess, time periods and different events in their lives was a big part of why I got went into OBGYN. Fast forward, I went into uh, urogynecology and reconstructive pelvic surgery so that I can help beyond just the obstetrics, but what happens later. A lot of the after effects of you know childbirth and life leads to problems that can be addressed. But many times, because these are so taboo and stigmatized, patients don't talk about them, and we don't discover these patients till five, seven, ten years down the road that they've been suffering from problems that we have solutions for. Mm-hmm. So through that journey, through that process of becoming a urogynecologist, I found that there's so many things that aren't discussed that are outside of our textbooks, outside of even the, the traditional coursework of a urogynecology, namely sex and intercourse and, and sexual function. Right, we talk about it like it's a chapter we have to read. We take an exam. We know the the myriad of vocabulary words, but we don't really put it into practice. So, sexual health became a big focus for us. And you, once you start asking those questions and you open the door, all of a sudden you get a lot more information than you ever could have received before. Mm-hmm. So, as a result, we've really evolved into a. Uh, intimacy practice, because it's not just about sexual health, but it's all the intimate concerns that women can possibly have that never have time to ask or get answers for. Mm -hmm. So when we sat down, we were talking about the uh, sexual function as, as being something that people might look at as like a secondary factor for health benefits or for living a good life or we also talk about survivorship. So it's not like the primary focus. And I know that when people are trying to just survive, like maybe sex isn't the primary thing on the table. You know, you're you're just trying to, to eat and have a shelter over your head and, you know, protect your family. And I think that 
my understanding of the medical, the general medical system is that sexuality, especially pleasure, is not really the thing. One of the things that's really held in to account as being really important. And so your focus is completely designed around that or not completely, but very much focused on that. Yeah, we certainly include that as part of their their plan. Uh, so if they have a any kind of pelvic floor condition that we're offering therapy for, it's not just this is the focus. What are the potential consequences of that? Is it going to be positive or negative? And is that something that's that they're willing to accept? Mm-hmm. And of course, it should never be sacrificed. You know, personally, I don't feel that um, sexual function should be. I guess quality of life should be penalized for survivorship as a result of you know addressing their medical concerns. And it could be we can be talking about all kinds of medical issues that will take away libido, sex drive, and sexual function. Talk, think about blood pressure medications, anti, antidepressants, not to mention other, other conditions that we can treat, but they strip people of their sex drive, mm-hmm. right? So that has a, has a negative impact on that, that aspect of their, of their lifestyle. So is, okay, so coming back to folks that you've treated or you've actually seen, it seems to me that this is sort of a more closeted thing that people don't obviously want to admit or or know even that it's something that happened to them that would damage their sexuality or their I don't want to say damage it's like not the right word but like inhibit them from having pleasure so is this something that folks could get treatment for could they could they come in and be like hey I like you you can see my my general structure I've been either um um, circumcised. There's so many different causes or like ways to to like. Well, I'm curious the about the variations, that, right? There's like, so like, many. What yeah. are the variations? Maybe that we you should see? start there. Yes. Yeah. So, um, female genital mutilation or female circumcision or female genital cutting. There's several different uh, terms that are used to describe it, and um, uh, and really, in essence, what they they all fall under what's considered FGM as a, as a global term. Um, and uh, it's basically uh, pr- procedures that are done in certain areas of the, of the world that um, are customs to either preserve purity, to enhance the male's uh, sexual experience, or for a variety of different beliefs mm-hmm. that those cultures that you know, will hold true. And they've pre-existed before establishment of formal religion. So these are not new. So oh, really? Done, they don't, really? tend, to, they don't mm-hmm. tend to follow like a religious culture. There has to do more with the inherent culture within those communities. Mm-hmm. And the biggest issue with them is that they're usually done for no apparent medical reason. It's really more for cultural beliefs. And because of the potential complication and harm and downstream effects of these procedures that they're considered to be against women's uh, will. They're usually done against their will. Young girls from the age of toddlers to teens and even after childbearing age Mm. to reestablish virginity in essence, which is unfortunate. But the consequences can be anywhere from from, um, uh, physical to to psychological, PTSD and traumas, body dysmorphism and self-esteem issues. Yeah, so there's a whole variety of potential complications that happen as a result of these acts that even though when they they may have happened when they were young, they may not know what happened. Mm-hmm. But these this it certainly has significant consequences for many. So what would be the I mean, I know this is like hard hard to ask because this is what you know, if we're just basing on one person and everyone's very different, but someone yeah. came in and they were we know this 
person who was nine years old and they were living in Kenya in Africa and they had their clitoris cut off and it wasn't just the hood. It was the hood and the clitoris. Right. Was that, there more? To yes. It? That that is, a, I believe what she's uh, explained. And she's having and she's now in her 50s, 50s. And she's had and she has had children. Mm hmm. And she's been married and had two she children. She hasn't been able to ever experience orgasm. And actually, any time there is penetration or any time there is any sexual experience that involves her vulva and or her genitals, really, it's painful. And sex toys or um, any any touching, whether it's self-induced or others, has been really painful. And I don't know. I didn't know what to say. I was like, what about castor oil and trying like to massage the tissue? But I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Sure. So I don't know. Are, are there, there have to be options, right? Yeah. So there's different types. There's four different categories for FGM. Level one would be clitoral amputation or prep use reduction or closure of the hood over the clitoris. More often than not, that's usually what happens, but sometimes it's hard to tell. Because if it's closed over, they don't know if it was amputated or not. Two would be involving the labia and the clitoris. Three would be closure of the vaginal opening where it's not penetrable. Usually a small orifice is left open, just a small pinhole, just enough for menstrual flow and urination, hmm. which sometimes is smaller than necessary and can cause all kinds of problems. And then level four involves anything beyond that, piercing, tattooing, burning, scarring. Hmm depending on which level will interfere with their function. I have met patients who've had FGM procedures, level one, clitoral amputation, where they had no pain, no recollection of the procedure. They were very, very young when they had it. It has not impacted their sexual function. Hmm. And so there are scenarios where, because they were raised in a culture where it was supported, they believe it's necessary and important. Um, and I've met several of those patients who do feel that that's an important part of their culture and they believe in it, especially because they remain in that community. If they were to leave that community or seek asylum outside, they may be more willing to do something about it or maybe be maybe accept that that may not have been ideal for them. But I think when they're in that community and they're raised in that community, it's the, the cultural beliefs and the ties, uh, the social structure, they're so important where they fall into that social structure that they actually accept it. And that's those are the ones that have the highest risks for propagation of this, and which is why it's, it continues. Mm. Time for a quick break so we can tell you about our carefully chosen sponsors. Please stay tuned and buy their products because we only tell you about what we love and what we truly believe in, and it helps keep this podcast free to you. What's up, shameless sex fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also, let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's or, my happily ever after, yeah, where's Amy? My yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost. Yep, been there. Uh, mm -hmm. Me too. Mm -hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the, the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, 
the right tools for your sex and relationship so you get what you desire. And it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus, the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it, too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you, you want, want hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ann Huttership, an award-winning sex and relationship educator and author of The Love Language Revamp, Speaking from the Heart, 18 Languages for Modern Love. And I'm Sarah Tomchesson, certified sex educator and co-host of the feminist podcast, Fuck Yeah. We're the founders of Sex Plus, an online community of curious people exploring the ways pleasure and healing intersect. On March 14th, we're hosting Pleasure Attitudes, a four-week online experience that gives you the tools you need to make pleasure a part of your self-care routine. And by pleasure, we mean all the things that make your mind and body feel real damn good. If something's been holding you back from feeling pleasure in your life, relationships, or even the bedroom, Pleasure Attitudes is for you. By the end, you'll feel ready to invite more pleasure into your life and have the tools to do it. You might even feel like a completely different person. Join us March 14th for a transformative experience. Visit sexplus.com. That's S3XPLUS dot com to sign up today. Use code ATTITUDE15 for an exclusive discount. So what, wait, I wanted to ask something because thank you for that. And that, and that makes complete sense. It's almost kind of accepting something. Um, also, like, talk about penis circumcision, right? Mm -hmm. We've accepted it. We have no idea. I'm, I'm not a penis owner, but for penis owners out there that have been circumcised, they're like, I don't know what it's like to not to have my it's uh, so common. to my foreskin. Mm -hmm. Like I've never had it. So I don't know what it would offer me in terms of pleasure. And leaving that aside, in terms of so because the clitoral structure, from what I understand, we can only see probably maybe 10 to maybe 15% of it, right? Mm -hmm. e exposed. So I'm wondering if that 90 percentile or, or whatever it's, if it's 80%, let's say is in the vaginal canal, that means I would think there would be hope for a pleasure still, right? Even though there's, but I know this is case by case, but sure. I'm, I'm just wondering if that would be true. It, get compl it gets complicated because um, in patients who are traumatized, Orgasms are not necessarily easy, right? Those they they may have their own. Um, the body uh, keeps the score. Yeah, no, that's it's true, and so there could be it could be a function of their beliefs about orgasm. It could be a function of traumas that they've experienced, or it could be a function of their an anatomy. So it, it is going to be it would be very hard to tease that apart. So I, mean, I guess there's different aspects of the impact of sexual function. It could be pain where it's imp it's not possible because it's closed. Two, it's possible because it was forced open through forced sex or tearing of the skin, even if it was consensual. To vaginismus because of anticipatory pain and the and the the trauma associated with it. And then there's the ability to respond, right? Orgasmic response is a whole other thing, and that's so complicated, it'd be hard to tease apart. Mm -hmm. Super complicated, right. and you know, I love that question. Can I just I want to piggyback on that? So, so 
because I, I understand that we're all made of the same parts that just organized differently, right? Mm-hmm. So like my clitoral hood is essentially the same as foreskin. And my clitoris is essentially the same as the head of the penis in terms of nerve endings and where things go. So would it be accurate to say that if you cut off my uh, clitoral hood and my clitoris that you're cutting off my head of the my cock? Yeah, that would be Ooh, ouch. just similar. <laughs> exactly. Cause no, they, they I mean, not laughing at you. But there's like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. And they do have similar structures. So they are originate from the same uh, embryologic origin. Yeah. So if you remove someone's ovaries, is it like removing someone's testicles? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. About the same. <laughs> or on the removal. So, okay. So let's go back to like what Anyone might- that's had a hysterectomy is like, shit. Fuck. <laughs> Let me tell my, well, so that, tell yeah, my That's a whole nother can of worms because yes, we have is. questions about that. We have to have you guys back like next week. So, uh, <laughs> um, but so on, on the note of these variations, uh, it was, let's stick to the general mutilation or female circumcision. So what- would be available what is like the reconstructive surgery options the hormonal options you know if i came into your office and i said here's my bits and here's my history with a story that we just told what might be available for that person well it really depends on what their anatomy is and what their concern is sometimes you encounter patients who've had some sort of genital cutting but it doesn't interfere with their function um, many times you'll find somebody's already had children, so it was opened or it was reopened. So therefore, they must have had intercourse. So it really depends on on their degree of function. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes simple strategies could be vaginal dilators. If it's in the case of uh, what's called a infibulation, infibulation is where you close the vaginal opening so it can't penetrate. So if there's a penetrable orifice, um, even a small one, you can try slow dilation. We do that with patients who are born without a vagina, mm-hmm. where you can actually dilate a canal that's functional to some degree. You're kind of growing it when you're, you're dilating. You're stretching skin. Yeah. And you're just mm-hmm. creating a path within the perineum. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the in an infibulation patient, it's really it's usually just skin that's closing. So you can try dilators. If that's not possible because it's too painful or too small, then de-infibulation would be one of the recommended procedures. Because it, it What's de-infibulation? Is opening the canal. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, opening Reopening it. the canal, the vaginal opening. But there's no guarantee of anything. Obviously, it's case by case because nerve endings could be damaged or each person would be different, right? Because a lot of the external portions of the vulva are where like the pleasure receptors live, right? For the most part, or they, no. For the most part, they tend they tend to function normally once you deinfibulate. Mm. Um, the the distribution of the nerve supply in that area is vast and and pretty robust. So the question is: Is there pain associated already? If mm. there's pain associated, and that's the challenge, and that's going to override everything else because that's will all you feel. Override, right. Mm-hmm. Whereas if there's no pain and it's more about, can we get this opened again? Can we re- reopen the vaginal opening so I can have penetrative sex and then figure out what happens after that? Mm-hmm. That's usually the first step. Mm-hmm. In those that don't have a de- uh, head infibulation that had um, clitoral hood uh, excision or clitoral removal, it depends on, are they able to respond? Oftentimes they can still sense over the clitoris. Mm. Like you said, there it's only the the superficial portion of the clitoris that's excised. So there's still nerve endings, still functional tissue there that oftentimes will still respond. But of like, course because it can get engorged with with arousal, right? Like yeah. internally. That's right. It but if the a, body is responding with traumatic uh like uh when it's it, closing down or because the brain is is being like this is this we don't is, like this, this yeah this, this is yeah this mm-hmm. is unsafe i'm scared mm-hmm. and i mean is it mind over matter again or are there things that they could do are there like treatments that they could do 
externally to like there, there's no uh, is there healing I mean, but so when we talked or, about this with just interesting this is, i don't know like sh- so shameless sex perspective and probably why we're all a great team here mm-hmm. was when when we heard this from the, this lovely human that we met one of my first thoughts was working from like the outside in right so working with and so working with like the whole being and not even the general of the sex of the being right like their emotional state like how does this person feel safe relaxed accepted in us if i was being intimate with this person or maybe they're being intimate with themselves you know how can this person how can she feel that with herself and then working with the rest of the body before going to the genitals because her genitals were just like snagged and taken from her and so I think that starting with the whole outside, like outside in part, when I'm not a doctor, I'm not speaking from an MD perspective, because I don't know what you get, when you get in there, I don't know what to do. I'm just talking about like making someone, I'm sure you all, I know that you all do this actually, because we come in your office and we don't have general mutilation, but we work with you all for our, our hormone stuff. And I feel so safe and seen and loved by you. And so I would imagine that's a big part of the work though, is committing to for this person only having sexual experiences that are meeting you where you're at and it might mean your genitals are off the table for like a long time well i think what you said is really uh, two things um is meeting the patient where they are Mm -hmm. and consent which you mentioned remy before um understanding that you know the patient's there for a reason they're look they're looking for help but they may not be ready for the help I'm thinking of or that they may need. They may just need to understand more about what has they've experienced and then so that we can understand where the concern or what the problem is. And then once we work through that, then we can get to, let's talk about the, the anatomy mm-hmm. because the anatomy may be secondary to their emotional state, mm-hmm. right? I think the, the self-esteem and the body dysmorphic attitudes that they may feel is different has been taken from them mm-hmm. or, or trauma and PTSD, yeah. right? So first we have to figure that out. And then therapy is a big help for that for those patients first, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, crucial. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think, uh, growing up, you know, being told that you'd be ostracized for not having this performed and say, so that's just how you grow up. And so you think this is what's going to be normal for me. And I think it's also important to realize there's no standard of care for the people who are for performing these procedures. They don't have a knowledge of the anatomy and what's going on that's passed on from generation to generation. And so it's going to vary of what people are going to do with each individual person when these procedures are performed without anesthesia. So you have somebody that's wriggling around. You have people who have hip dislocations as a result of trying to squirm away. Oh my God. And so the variety of what can occur with the anatomy can be really variable. And then the trauma and the unfolding from a cultural and a physical perspective is really vast. I also want to point out that people that are listening, this is not very, it's not rare. This is actually, there's at least from what I just learned from my sex ed education this year, which I got sex ed, like my sex She's certified, y'all. Certified. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And this was a really huge like this research, there was like 20 years of research and there's like 175,000 new cases every single year of reported folks that have had female genital. Oh, it's female. I was going to ask if it was it's not penis owners. It's just. No, just it's female. just female. It's 175,000 and this mm-hmm. is 2024. And that's what's documented. So I can imagine there's a lot of undocumented cases as well. Mm-hmm. And every single year for the last 
decade plus and that these are the research documents that i've read because you had to read many uh I, I mean i read at least five of them they got like really long well and one of the other stats like, y'all y'all gave so, us right when we got here was that some countries 85 percent of women for women this is culturally accepted right this is like or something that is happening this is this is in some countries that's like that's the greater body of humans. So there's a there's approximately 200 million women who've had FGM procedures done to them in their lifetime. Yeah. And um, 85 percent of some sub-Saharan countries, 85 percent of those women that come from those countries will have had a procedure. Now, as you can only imagine, m- much of that is unreported because it stays within cultural areas, stays within areas that are not accessible to to that may not have healthcare. So complications morbidities, mortalities that happen, you know, may be completely underestimated. So generally, and so it's become more of an uh, awareness because of migration mm. and because of migration to developed nations where there is healthcare because they're having their, they're having obstetric complications as a result of their surgeries that is becoming discovered. So within each country there's there's a population of women that are have or at risk for developing for having these surgeries so it's important for you know for providers in this in 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 these countries to be aware culturally of where they come from and to very delicately and respectfully identify and see if there is a concern for them personally or are their children at risk So you know how like, okay, so fascia movement, right? Everyone talks about moving fascia. If there's like scar tissue somewhere is like with vibration and oscillation is a way to break up scar tissue or break up different like, oh, I've got a muscle pain. Do you think that that could help if you use like a vibrator on some of the scar tissue, depending on the damage? And I I know no one can make any claims like this is 100% where you could go. But do you think uh, maybe some kind of gentle fascia movement meaning either massage with the hands or a vibrator that's like low level would be beneficial if folks can't see it like a practitioner to help them would that be helpful or is that just not really an option or is it just maybe each person it's up there yeah, I, yeah go ahead. <laughs> I would say that that is an area that warrants a lot of exploration. And so hopefully by starting these conversations that we can get more research. So when you talk about that, I think about things like the Gaines wave and the, um, the fem wave. So they're using sound vibration mm-hmm. and the ultrasonic. And so I think there's a lot of room for that. And I think it's an area that needs waves. a lot more attention mm-hmm. to break those things up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are tools that we use to enhance sensation and to enhance erectile function in males. And so that's an area. That What's the sound wave one? Because the gains wave, the gains wave is sound or those are sound waves so that's yeah, the- that, that can break up scar tissue and help to facilitate blood flow. So for for erections in particular, it's not it's not there's for the gains wave and there's the femi wave for uh, females. Oh, femi wave. That's okay, dope. That's I didn't even think about that. I was just yeah. thinking about so sound waves. So at like a specific like almost bass level, it's like wah, wah, wah. <laughs> like you go to a rave, you're like whoa. I haven't been to a rave ever in my life. Ninety, <laughs> you never you know? been to a rave. So that like that sound wave. So could I think be that's helpful. an area worth exploring. And I, it's and like I said, it's all about bringing attention to this and and creating research mm-hmm. and. Um, people wanting to come out to explore this. That seems like the more advanced research, right? It's like very pleasure forward. 
you know, like, how can we have more sensation, right. more pleasure? And then there's like the, you know, the the first step is we're talking about the survivorship of or just like, you know, trying to figure out how to function. How mm-hmm. can I just be comfortable sitting in my chair mm-hmm. or walking down the street or sitting in my car? And so there's a second level of enjoyment of life. And I think for most people, they need to start with the first step. And for some people, the second step's not even on the forefront. Time for a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors who just so happens to be our absolute favorite lube, Uber Lube. Uber Lube is a luxurious silicone lubricant and it enhances intimacy. It's there when you want it and it blends in when you're done with it. So you have control over that lube. It's long lasting and leaves the skin extra velvety. And honestly, y'all, I want it all over my body. Thousands of doctors in the U.S. are recommending Uber Lube to their patients. It's body-friendly, less likely to change the pH, and it has vitamin E, so it feels extra moisturizing. There's a reason why we've been a fan of Uber Lube for years. There's no flavor or scent. It's even great for oral sex, everyone. But it's not just great for sex. You can use it for massage, your hair. You can prevent chafing. It even brings out the colors of your beautiful tattoos. And the bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it anywhere shamelessly for easy access. Just go to uberlube.com and use the discount code SHAMELESS10 to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS10 for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by OMGS.com. Join over 1 million people who are experiencing more pleasure with OMGS. They take scientific research of thousands of vulva owners showing techniques to pleasure that pussy. They turn this research into tasteful, educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Want to take your orgasms from good to out of this world? Then check out OMGS. Or if you're a vulva lover and want to up your pussy pleasuring skills, then you need to check out OMGS. I've personally been recommending OMGS to my clients for years, and it's completely changed their lives. They have three seasons, external pleasure, internal pleasure, and sex toys. It's not a subscription service, and you don't need to download a thing. OMGS also makes a fabulous gift, and your purchase supports more pleasure research. So just go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. The link is in the episode's description. I want to bring this to because I think this will apply or resonate with a lot of people because a lot of people know folks who have had cancer or people who have had cancer. And I know that you have worked with a lot of cancer patients. And I'm really curious about how this applies to reconstructive surgery or intervention with folks who have had cancer, specifically uh, speaking to vulva owning <coughs> genitals. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting is that um, I guess this was probably about. 15 years ago, uh, when I was at Cleveland Clinic, we were part of a multidisciplinary group, and the colorectal division was within was part of that. Because of their level of care, they were always seeing – it was a tertiary care center, so they saw very advanced cancers. So we were talking earlier about distal rectal tumors are very hard to identify. They're rare, but when they are usually identified, they're usually advanced. Um, morbidity and mortality is very high. 
And um, so in those cases, surgery is not the first answer. It's always neoadjuvant or therapy is radiation, chemo. And then if it comes back, then surgery. And those surgeries, these are all women typically in their 40s, um, 40s, 50s, um, some maybe younger. But And uh, when they have to do these surgeries, they have to actually remove the distal rectum, the levator plate, the big bowl of muscle underneath, sometimes up to the sacrum, mm -hmm. sometimes the half of the vagina, sometimes even the bladder. So we had a large case series of these patients that they're basically what they used to do for these patients is let's worry about survivorship. And that was it. But now these women have no sense of self. Their their anatomy is changed. They have a colostomy bag and they have a urinary diversion. Forget intercourse. It was never even a discussion. It was like, let's get you surviving. So we did a case series of of women who all had advanced cancers. They had, they had these surgeries called APRs. And what we did was we reconstructed vaginas out of utilizing their own uterus. Mm -hmm. And it was an amazing case series. Now, the beauty of this is that that many of those women regain sexual function mm -hmm. again, which they otherwise wouldn't have had. And sexual function would be like sensation, ability to feel pleasure. Having penetrative sex uh -huh. at their will, uh -huh. right? So they were able to have, to what degree things felt the same, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. But they were able to feel uh, connected with their partner mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. in that way. So to be able to do that, and, and that was a very early stages of me even realizing that we should be talking about sexual function for these patients while we're doing all this surgery. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're great at, at fixing leaking and fixing prolapse and fixing cancers, but we forget, you know, what's the point of this? Mm -hmm. There's That's a, you the know, thing. Yeah. It's right. like what, it, like that is so, the survival is important, but it's interesting after you save these patients and they are, they're, they've survived and they're living, it's interesting to think about the afterlife. And right. I know that the research is limited, if not, if not non-existent. And so it's, it's really, for me, at least, it, I think it's really important for maybe more folks out there to think about how they could think about the research or like help yeah. uh, initiate more research or, or have dog, um, fight. dog fight. Sorry. <laughs> it's getting late. But like, this is the thing we think about survival. We don't think about actually living. Like you can just live, but you want to have pleasure, right? Maybe not people might, maybe not everyone, Sure, but Quality to have it feel an option at mm -hmm. least to be like, Hey, these are the things you could do if you want to experience pleasure with a partner or with the self, um, instead of being like, well, you're living now. Good luck to you. Here's right. what your diet should be. And these are the pills you should take. So here's the most common scenario. <laughs> here's the most common scenario of sexual dysfunction as as a consequence of, of treatment. So, for example, um, and we see this now all the time, um, breast cancer is a big concern. Women have regular screening, should be able to identify these things early. But now this, the protocols are still the same. So if you identify a patient has an estrogen receptor positive cancer, you treat them, don't treat them, whatever, depending on their stages, there, there's an algorithm for how it's going to be treated. But oftentimes, the fact that they have an estrogen receptor positive cancer, the treatment is let's stop all estrogen mm. from supporting this, this tumor. And we know that it's not the estrogen that causes these tumors, it's genes and time and aging. So let's take away all their estrogen. Okay, great. So now they're going to survive their cancer. 90% are surviving breast cancer now because of regular screening and capturing early. However, the aftermath of removing, of taking their estrogen at an early age, 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, does a, have a huge detriment on their quality of life down the road. And the things we see like GSM, genital, uh, genital urinary sexual uh, syndrome of menopause, causing 
pain and burning and inability to have intercourse is just a consequence of treatment of the breast cancer, but not to mention everything else that's going to happen to them. Mm. So they just have to chalk it up as, well, I survived. Mm -hmm. And I we don't feel that women should be penalized for survivorship. Yeah. Right? They should be able to, you know, live to their fullest. And that's why a lot of the services we, we offer revolves around helping women live their best while they're surviving or as they're aging. They, they shouldn't have to give these things up. This is a very low skill because uh, I, I don't ha I've never had cancer, but I um, and y'all, I think maybe I talked about this the last time we were all together, but it's actually what brought me to come to your office in Los Gatos, which is so far. It's a half an hour away from <laughs> Santa Cruz. And I was like, oh, my God, it's so far. But I already love Remy and Remy spoke very highly of you. And I saw a doctor here in Santa Cruz and I was like, my this is still very different from cancer, but my libido is just being dismissed, right? My libido's like lower than I'd like and it has been for like almost a decade you know I'm in my like mid to late 30s and you <laughs> oh shit dog fight uh, someone someone's estrogen's low so you need some testosterone okay. what's going on too much testosterone in the room anyways so so I, I told him this and and um and he was just like no nah, that's just what happens this is just your age and I was like I think you're fired well I, I want to speak to this because my mother had a hysterectomy a full hysterectomy at 33 years old and so she's now in her 60s and she tells me pretty much every time I talk to her about her pleasure because I do ask her I'm like mom do you still have sex do you have orgasms and she gets really uncomfortable and she's like no because of my condition I don't think about that stuff anymore I'm like what but why and you, like are you not horny and like she won't tell me because She's Midwestern as fuck. Mm -hmm. And I didn't mean to to take away from that, <laughs> yeah. but I think it. she had cancer. She was 33. They gave her a full hysterectomy and she didn't even know why. They no just told her. No one gave her any information about no. pleasure. And we, we, or, you and I yeah. asked her together and yeah. she was like, I don't know. Yeah. They just told me that was a thing. And she do. hasn't considered her pleasure. That was in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And now this is 2024 and she still doesn't know about what her pleasure could be. And she's uncomfortable. No one talked to her about that. And I think that she just thinks that's how it should be. And I don't know if any folks out there are experiencing that same thing, but I've grown up thinking that like maybe women aren't supposed to have pleasure, especially after a, like a, a life altering surgery. And that's what I, I was expecting. I was like, oh, if I ever had cancer, I couldn't have pleasure just again. Turn into a raisin. You're done. Yeah. Mm, bye. That's what I feel like my Meanwhile, mom is Meanwhile, we have Viagra for penises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little imbalance. Well, and and I love the dynamic duo of the two of you. Every time I come to your office, this is my complaint. I don't get to see you both at the same time. What the fuck is that? <laughs> we got in trouble. And I was talking to Dr. Steele. I was like, Dr. I want special <laughs> treatment where I come in yeah. and I get both of you at the same time. But I like that you have, you're bringing in different backgrounds, different perspectives. And we have the strong femme over here Remy I feel like most of your staff is strong femme but also there's a very nice gentleman who works there I met him I don't know his name but he's really lovely and then we have Dr. Castillo and um, I know his name I love him oh yeah he's he awesome. was great yeah. yeah I think yeah he was, he was there when I got I my testosterone shot she, she was there. like was, so was that one guy in the room when you got your testosterone shot I'm like yeah he was great I was like <laughs> I haven't had a young man talk to me about my periods in a long time yeah. <laughs> I was like it was really actually quite interesting so for how's me. your menstrual cycle <laughs> Okay, but this normalizes sex, and I know we just moved away from cancer and cancer patients, and just bringing it back to, I guess, if you're someone who is out there who has some form of anything that we're talking about, where you feel missed, disregarded, uncared for, and I can't promise you that where you are, that you will have the opportunity to have care. And I do know in these with these two people here, and they're not the only people in the world that are doing this. 
that it is available. There are people that will consider your sexuality not as a secondary thing, though, and or your your well being, right? Your everyday well being is a secondary thing. It's not just about trying to help you survive. It's tr- trying to help you survive and live a good life, the whatever your definition of that is, right? That's right, absolutely. Yeah, there's and yeah, we are by far not the only ones that are that are interested in helping women uh, through their life challenges, including sexual health problems. But when it comes to even um, FGM, there are clinics. The U.S. they're usually at the big university centers, but there are FGM clinics. There, um, there's lots of available information available online. In Europe and other countries where I guess there's the migratory patterns are a little bit easier for them to get to, there's probably a lot more clinics and support out there. But um, nonetheless, here in the U.S., there's enough. There's there's lots of people that that have um, experienced some of these things. Mm-hmm. And there is help. There is help. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of you know trying to get the word out, as you mentioned, and really help educate people that that you don't have to just live in silence. Um, you know, you have medical societies and things like that. They're trying to help, but that. At the at the ground level, it does seem to be the very dismissive and culturally taboo to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for people who are like, I work in this field and I specialize in sexuality, yeah. and those yeah. are your people that you're going to reach out to or seek uh, right. because that's what you're working on or dealing with. And also, there's hope for everyone if they really want to explore having pleasure. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the most important thing because everybody is responsible for their own their own de- their own destiny with pleasure. Mm-hmm. And if if that isn't their journey, maybe they wouldn't be listening to this podcast, but if that is you or someone that you know, then that means there is hope. Even if you have had something that um wasn't consented for you uh and you didn't choose that for yourself, that doesn't mean that your fucking life is over and that you don't have the option at pleasure or if you consented to it because you had to have a life altering surgery to save your life from dying, right? You wanted to save yourself. And it doesn't mean that your sex life is over either. Mom, I'm talking to you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mom, I was going to say it's conversations like this that Mm -hmm. that start people down a certain path. And so a lot of people might be head down, raise my children, pay the bills. And then all of a sudden, okay, I'm an empty nester. Mm -hmm. Where's my pleasure? We're talking about pleasure. So menopause, it's having its moment. That was the number one shared article in the Mm -hmm. New York Times in 2023. So that's wonderful. Because all the boomers are, are getting this. old. The yeah. boomers are like, fuck, That's what's right. happening? Meta- I'm menopausal. It's like menopause <laughs> is having its moment, and now yeah. it's ethical non-monogamy. <laughs> 2023 and 2024, very different. <laughs> I mean, they could work together, I think, very well. Maybe, I don't know. Um, okay, so uh, we, we're we going to wrap this up here. And um, I, I don't know if you all have heard us say this five million times, but we absolutely love these two. Uh, and we love working with them. We love all the They've things that they They've actually changed both of our lives oh, significantly. Yeah. Every, oh, yeah. Every Every day I am grateful and I don't know how many times I've sent out the blood panel to people because I believe in the what you for people but the blood panel by the way is for people to go do your full blood panel and not just this not I want to say I was a psycho hose beast like they say on Wayne's world remember (laughs) what's that psycho hose beast that's what he said Stacy she was a psycho hose beast never mind I don't know what that Um, is I was it was a film from the 90s Wayne's world so flashback there yeah what was a flashback (laughs) Dr. Castillo knows it he's like I got it what we learn from these two is that there is a difference between your average basic blood panel and your blood panel that will actually show you like all of your hormone levels and the way 
things are really working in your body right now. And we are huge advocates for that. And we've met so many people that we've advocated for this. We're like, and it's not just vulva owners, right? Penis owners too. We're like, have you checked out your hormones? So you have a baseline, but also if you're having some issues, so you know what's going on. Yes, we get nothing from it. We no, just we don't help people. This is not an affiliate like program. Best, <laughs> no, it actually is not. No. I just, I feel like I've been at my best self. My partner tells me, he's like, oh yeah. Um, is your testosterone wearing off? You're kind of getting crazy. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. She, her PMS is, thank you so much, by the way. Yeah, Amy like, also said, she's like, thank uh, you. Her she P- called me the dragon. What did you call me? The dragon snatch? A for lot a of things. <laughs> that she was full on. It was, you know, if it, there's like five days out of the month where I was like, oh shit, got to watch out for but April for this one. That's medical. And on, when we were on our, when we were in Costa Rica, we had women that said like, I don't know what to do. My, they were in their 50s or somewhere in their even 40s. I don't know what to do. I was like, get your hormones screened and see what's going on. And here's what you can look for. And that wasn't that wasn't for our that, like for our benefit or for or for Swan Medicals, but that was for human benefit and this endorsement not by the, Swan. Medical. It isn't. It's like that's a thing, and like we do this podcast because we love all of the the folks out there that listen to it because oh, yeah. we want to help people. Oh, we and say no to a lot of people that want to come on do. our show because they want to talk about a thing. And we're like, yeah. we don't believe we're in like, your you're thing. not selling anything, and no. you, you two came on because you care about people. Yeah. and this is a thing. I love, I love you, Remy. I love you, Dr. Castillo. And thank you because you really do help people. I just want to add with that, with the hormones, hormones are complex. And so um, it really does take people who are specialized, who really dive into it. There Mm. are more and more people who are diving into getting the knowledge and getting the the data out there. And so um, it's not necessarily a one and done, but it's a a work with a really experienced provider and, um, follow that journey oh it's a dance it's a waltz it's <laughs> a waltz like, it's complicated i got a check like, one so it's fine right it's cool and they're like meh oh like that one doctor i was talking about i was like meh look normal for your age and like yeah fired i didn't say i didn't say fired and you're like you're fired like donald right. trump but i was more like i think i'm gonna go I've been find told someone I was so else to work with so many times before you're yeah. not normal <laughs> and i was like i don't feel normal i'm like this is can't be this can normal be for your age what like this i can't be like this i cannot be a see you next tuesday Every for every five days of the two month. weeks of every fucking month. We have to podcast every week, you guys. It yeah. was hard. And Amy was like, "Look, Chip, <laughs> I'm really concerned. <laughs> um, you're kind of acting out. So yeah, thank you. Let's bring thank it you. back to the podcast. Anyways, okay. And so yes, how can people find you? Work with you? What are the resources or references that you'd like them to know also, about y'all and can other you talk about things? What you're doing in Honduras because that's in April as well, and Ooh. that is a really cool. Yeah. Like I would love for you to promote that as well. Sorry yeah, to interject. Sure, thanks for bringing that up. Um, uh, yeah, so Honduras has a um, there's a there's a, a medical clinic there that's uh, supported by One World Surgery, and um, it, it started off as an orthopedics clinic where they would just go down there to offer orthopedic surgeries to um, to people in Honduras, and it's a very rural part. Like it's you drive out into the rainforest, and it's an hour drive from the small airport. And um, there's a line of people out the door waiting for somebody to help them. And they have different clinics. Uh, so anyway, I went there last year, first time on uh, by invitation from a mentor of mine from residency. And it was life-changing. It was truly um, a well-organized team. The center was amazing. And um, what we do there is, uh, so this team, we're going, our brigade this coming April is to, uh, we have orthopedics, 
ophthalmology, gynecology, and urogynecology. So we're going to go there. We see patients for two, one or two half-day clinics, and then we operate the rest of the week. So we just do and help patients with the surgeries that and conditions that could are, that they just have been living with, uh, we're living with, and they just have no other solutions. Mm. It's um, so it's really really rewarding, uh, humbling, kind of grounds you. Makes you, you know, remember why you even did all this. Mm. And I, I donated money, but I know that folks out okay, there. Okay, people donate money? You can donate Ooh. money to the cause because they, it is, it's a nonprofit organization and they need to raise money because they send folks like that work at Small Medical. There's folks that get to go and I've donated, I think I donated like a hundred bucks, but you can donate, I, I believe, is it still open for donation? Because this is, is going to air is. And we've, before yeah. that. Yeah, we've had wonderful, wonderfully generous people helping us um, because uh, what we do is um, we bring some of our staff and um, and then One World Surgery has their own fund- fundraisers and each individual that goes contributes financially something and, and they try to recruit others. Mm. So so that way, that's how the whole f- thing is funded. It's primarily funded privately. Mm, okay. It is as not have any government support. Um, they, uh, it is truly an amazing experience. Is there a so, way they, they can donate though? Did they go to, yeah. okay, good. If they go to our website, uh, okay. swanmd.com and look under, um, about there's something about, there's some, there's a page on the Honduras mission mm. and there's a QR code for a GoFundMe. Mm. So those who are hoping to help and wishing it to help in any way, there's a place there that can be donated. And for folks who want to work with you, same place swammd.com yeah if yeah. anybody wants to we are always looking for really good talented people mm-hmm. um bright people who care um oh work with you like actually mean like be a patient but also work with you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you or, hiring oh, i didn't know <laughs> we, we will be very shortly <laughs> awesome um, i do not have any MD credentials <laughs> so april's <laughs> leaving show us sex to work at swam medical really <laughs> at, um, anal cavity surgeries <laughs> so yes for patients and for those who are looking for for a challenge and fun career. <laughs> oh my god! See, they're fun. You should go work there, and you should also maybe go there if you're in the area. I make Doctor Castillo blush every day. <laughs> yeah. so every time I see him, like, what's up, Doctor yeah. Castillo? My pussy feels weird. What's going on? <laughs> I have this rash right here in my ass. Anybody? Like, mm. You know, it's so funny. I hear, I've heard literally everything, and yeah. nothing makes me blush until the patient says, "I bet I made you blush," and then I blush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have to say it. They put you on the spot, like. Eh. Yeah, yep. it just. It. But your office is so safe, and every time I go there, I'm like, oh, it's so nice. So, mm. uh, I love what you all do. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for and thanks for having us on the show. Oh, we yeah, love you all. Thank you for subject. this. Was a heavy topic, but yeah. it's so important. That, like, sex is not always Such rainbows, rainbows and butterflies Ooh, and butterflies. sensualness yeah. and and passion. It also is sometimes it's awkward and hard and, and painful, painful yeah. and scary, and and it could be. Also, like it could be something that you feel like is disgusting. We're like, oh, I don't like this about myself. It's disgusting. It's mm. nothing is untreatable or uh, un- you're not you're not broken. You're not broken. And Absolutely. there are options out there. And we have these lovely humans here. So Swan md.com correct yep, okay right. dr castillo remy paye we love you both so much chip take us out take us out take all right us out. i just want to i just want to say thank you to all of the beautiful shameless sex listeners out there you have no idea how much you mean to both amy and i i will speak for her sometimes she can speak for me most uh, of the time actually she's you usually all, right you all have <laughs> had the power to be the most beautiful and amazing sexual being that you are and uh we will see you next tuesday ah <sighs> Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com 
And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com.